Bill fans, welcome to week six. Tonight, you're in for a real treat with a very special guest. Before we introduce our guest, Coach Brunner, as always, tell us how things are going in your world. We have had, I'm, I'm going to keep Raider Nation on the edge of your seat, a fantastic week again. We're following up. This is the ninth week of greatness, I think, of the Brunner household, Coach Abney. It's been a roller coaster ride at times. Uh, but no, we've had a good week today. Uh, my wife, the uh, beautiful queen that she is, decided she was going to make dirt cakes with the kids. I don't know if you know what those are. Um, and take them around to the neighbors. Uh, my daughter, uh, she's almost six, has a snaggle tooth dangling all day long, and she won't let me take it out. And uh, But no, we had a great day. It's been a great week, man. I'm I'm really excited about kind of where we're at right now. It almost feels like we're entering summer, kind of winding down with the school year. Um, a little bit of a different wind down this year, but uh, fired up to kind of enter the summer months, man. How about yourself? How's your week been? Been good. You know, uh, hopefully we got, this is obviously not a live show, but we got some some good news from the governor today about potentially moving forward with summer stuff and just kind of giving us at least a little bit of hope for our athletes and our coaches being able to start the summer. So hopefully we'll get some more news county and georgia high school in the next couple of days to kind of give us some direction on how we can go with that but looking forward to hearing those good words that we can start back at least in some form or fashion family wise you know it's been a good week uh, gonna be an interesting night tonight my youngest daughter is three and we just moved her from the crib so my wife is dealing with that right now as we speak we put all three of our girls in the same room so not planning on going to sleep very much tonight or sleeping uh, through the night with a two and a half year old jumping in and out of a twin bed. So we'll, we'll see how that works. I'll give you an update on our next show of how much sleep I got on that one. But other hey, than that, man, hey, 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 here's your silver lining. Is there a better time for that to happen? You could be dealing with uh, finals and uh, the end of the school year. So uh, couldn't be a better time for that to be happening, I guess. That's what I told my wife. So enough about our personal lives. Why don't you go ahead and introduce our special guest. We also tonight have Evan Quayle back with us. He's going to talk to our guest as well and kind of get his feet wet with interviewing uh, somebody that's it's big time, at least in our Walton world for sure. But I'll let you introduce our special guest tonight, Coach Brunner. Thanks so much, Coach Abney. I appreciate that. And uh... Evan Crowell again with us. He is again the head of the sports media club at Walton High School. Um, if you want to go and find a little bit more about how this club got started, a few weeks back he was interviewed. But thanks, Evan, for being with us this evening. Um, but today we've got a big name with us. I think our uh, our viewership is going to rise. I think our stock is rising as the weeks go on. We brought a big name with us this week. Um, somebody that I think the Walton community is going to want to love to hear from. So. Uh, Blaine Boyer is uh, a Walton alum that I think all can be very, very proud of. Um, fortunately for us, we've uh, I got to know Blaine a little bit through some mutual friends, and uh, you know, old uh, Poppy Amos, the uh, the wise wizard uh, of the mound up on uh, Raider Mountain, has you know brought him around a little bit. But uh, golly, Blaine, thank you so much for being with us tonight. We uh, can't thank you enough for spending some time with us. Oh, man, it's an honor to be here. Um, this is awesome. It's It's been a long time since I've been back to Walton, but see the school, I've heard it's changed tremendously. And uh, there's a lot of friendly friendly faces that uh, I was sure would love to see. So I look forward to that here soon. 
Awesome, man. Well, thank you again for being with us. We've got some exciting news. I think we're supposed to be breaking ground. Hopefully, there was apparently a sign put up uh, near the school this past week about possibly breaking ground and uh, maybe uh, a new baseball facility uh, in, in the making. And um, that really is good news for all of us. because I think I'm excited for our softball program to really get back on campus, uh, tennis to get back on campus, uh, and really all of our sports to get to enjoy uh, what, you know, football, baseball, and all these other sports have gotten enjoyed for so many uh, of the past years while I've been under construction. So thanks so much. I'm going to let Coach Abney talk to you a little bit about your bio, a little bit about your history, and uh, how you kind of got to where you are now. All right. Awesome, Blaine. So give us a little bit of a bio, how you got from East Cobb to the pros, uh, your time at Walton, just whatever you want to share with us from growing up in East Cobb all the way through your pro career in a short synopsis. Well, that's tough. Uh, that's tough, coach. <laughs> it's real tough. Uh, you know, I think as a looking back on my time and especially in high school, I was just, man, I had zero plan whatsoever. Um, it all just worked out. It was one of those things you just look back and you're like, man, if, if I'd done that a, a, a thousand more times, I'd have failed 999 times. Uh, but for whatever reason, I just felt like uh, things were going to work out. I certainly wish I would have spent uh, a little bit more time in the uh, in the academic realm. Uh, I, I would have benefited from that, but I didn't. Uh, there's a lot of things I would have loved to have gone back and done different. Uh, but I grew up in East Cobb. Uh, I played East Cobb baseball. I played basketball, played football. Um, I played as many sports as I could. And, um, and it's funny, today is so different because you've got so many specialized kids that are specializing in sports in like middle school and even high school. I, personally think it's ridiculous but um I, I hope i'm not going against any of y'all's philosophies um but no so east cobb and then uh i got drafted by the atlanta braves uh my senior year in the third round as a pitcher and i wasn't even if if, if i know the guys on the team remember but i wasn't even really a pitcher um i didn't really pitch until the, the playoffs the state playoffs and uh there were some scouts there watching me play uh center field and I remember after one game, it was against Lasseter High School. Um, I just pulled a game out of my rear end, somehow pitched just lights out. And uh, one of the scouts came up and said, you know, son, your, your, days, your days in center field are over. You're going to be a pitcher. And I remember looking at him like, you're crazy. I don't want to pitch. Um, but sure enough, I got drafted in the third round. And so I had to learn to pitch. Uh, you know, in the professional ranks. And, and I actually think that was a really good thing. I think I, I benefited from that. I actually think I had a, a kind of a leg up on guys uh, because I, I didn't create any bad habits. I didn't, my arm still had a lot of miles on it. So um, I, I think I benefited from it. Uh, got to the big leagues in 2005 with Atlanta. And then I, I like to say I was a hired mercenary. Uh, you know, I just went and pitched for whoever would have me. And, uh, so I threw, I threw, I pitched for nine teams. Um, my whole career was almost 20 years and about 13 or 14 in the big leagues. Um, and so, what, I mean, what a blessing. I look back, I see God's fingerprints on absolutely everything that happened. It's like I told you, I just, there was no plan. I was just doing it. And, you know, he was constantly covering for me. And there's a lot of adults uh, and there's a lot of parents uh, that would attest to that, that knew me when I was growing up. And so um, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Cool. This wasn't on the, the script here, but could you give us kind of your, 
I don't know if you want to throw anybody under the bus, but your favorite stop or maybe uh, a best memory of one of your stops in all the major league places that you went? Oh, well, don't worry about the script because I didn't look at it. Uh, <laughs> so I would say, I, you know, there is something unique about every every place that I played in. And, and you know, when you're talking about growing up in Atlanta, you know, the, the ma major league baseball was – you know, that was the crown jewel right there, you know, just to get there and play. And so every city, I think I played for nine or ten, eight, nine or ten teams um, in the big leagues. And, and uh, Atlanta obviously was awesome because it was hometown. And, you know, I got to go play with, you know, Smoltzy, Glavin, Chip, and I, all the guys that I watched from 91, you know, up to when I was playing. Um, so, I mean, I was having to pinch myself every day there. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, I played with some of my best friends um, in the world now today and different teams. Boston was just an absolute joke. I, nobody compares to Boston. Um, when it comes to, to playing every night in Fenway with a packed house, playoff atmosphere literally every night, um, I, I was able to fall in love with the game again because of the way Boston treats that team and, and all the things that come with it uh, from the songs they play after a victory to uh, just seeing the way the kids love uh, the Red Sox. It's a family tradition up there. Um, you, you somewhat get that a little bit too in the Kansas cities and in St. Louis. Um, but I don't want to just crush the Braves here or crush my Atlanta folks, but guys, we, we just didn't have that. It's, it's a totally different ball game up there. Um, it's not, you know, you'll, you'll go to a game in, a, in Atlanta and in between innings, there's so much stuff going on and, you know, they've got, it's just for like nothing but people with ADD. So like you just divert your attention over here. Now over here, now we're going to play this game. Now we're going to play in Boston. It's just the game. That's it. You, you play the game and there's nothing going on and everybody is so locked in. So that was, that's, that's when I fell in love with the game again uh, was being able to play uh, for the Red Sox. Very cool. That's a great story. That's incredible. That really is awesome. I think that leads us right into the next question very well. And uh, appreciate you not picking up the script. We have to create this for ourselves because we're quite the amateurs over here. You know, amateurs. Yep. Us, but, you know, uh, <laughs> well, well, I will tell you the teachers. The teachers back at Walton are going to be like, "Yep, he hadn't changed. Hadn't changed at all. <laughs> Never looked at his homework. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out well. Uh, pretty good for you, though. Uh, so look. I wanted to ask you this. What was your favorite experience uh, at Walton as a student athlete? You know, your favorite athletic moment, what was it? Was it the, the processes? Was it one game? Uh, you know, what was that moment for you that really just kind of, uh, you know, really sets the tone for what you remember in your high school experience? Yeah. Um, I, well, I mean, again, not to, not to just say this, but there, there really were so many. Uh, to pick one out, I mean, we had a great playoff run. We should have won state my senior year. Um, and actually, it was my fault that we didn't. Um, I was on the mound pitching, not knowing what I was doing. I ended up just getting lit up. Um, and so that, that was – I take that one for all those guys because we were better than everybody else. Um, so looking back at that season, that was a fun season. But, you know, I, I tell – especially with my role now with the Kansas City Royals is, is we've got guys that just get drafted from high school or college and they're now thrown into professional ball. And, you know, there's one thing that I talk about that it, it's kind of a, you can't really put your finger on it, but it, it immediately becomes a business once you sign. Like it's just not the same and it never will be the same. And if you can create an atmosphere, which is what we're trying to do in Kansas City, but you create that 
uh, atmosphere of, you know, you're playing for the guy right next to you. Um, I think things will change professionally, but that's what it was like in high school. It's all about your buddies. It's, it's, you're playing with the guys you grew up with, but you're playing with your best friends, whether it's on the football field under the lights or whether you're playing basketball or whether you're playing baseball, you get to look right next to, to at, at the guy right next to you. And that's the dude you grew up with. Um, there's nothing like that. And there never will be anything like that. So all I, w- I would, it's, a, it's something I really would like to, to reiterate for all the, the guys out there that are listening, guys and girls that are listening right now, you know, these times, these, these four years that you're able to have at Walton, playing baseball, playing basketball, football, softball, whatever sport you want to do, this is, you're never going to be able to, to do this again. You, you just can't, it doesn't matter how great it is. I, I mean, I look back at up on the mountain, Raider mountain and, <laughs> and, you know, looking at some of my buddies, like, like looking across at Ken Clayton and, and uh, man, they were, it's better. It's hard to say, but it was better. And it was more fun than playing in Fenway. You know, the, the greatest baseball park in the world with, you know, 30,000 people watching. It wasn't as much fun as it was when I was at Walton. So, you know, that joy is, is I, just guys, you just got to soak that up because um, it's something you'll never be able to do again. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible, man. I think, too, you know, you're you're uber successful, man. You've done you've done it all. You've 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 lived at the, you know, the, the pinnacle of, of your sports. And I think you know, just for the crowd, for the families, the parents, the kids, extreme accountability, man. You know, here's a guy who, uh, who's who's done it all and had a lot of success and uh, being accountable for for feeling like he still left some out there in his high school career because he he owed it to his brothers and um and that was what was so special so that's that's phenomenal you know you high school guys don't forget that because I think in girls you know just just play for each other and live for that moment because it's going to be gone before you know it yeah I've, I've got some fun questions for you here favorite subject in high school hmm. well my favorite subject and by far the worst subject I mean that I I think my senior year I was still taking it with freshmen uh Spanish so, Miss Vasconcelos, my favorite teacher probably, too, she was. She just put up with me. My nickname was Loco. Um, but, I, but for whatever reason, I loved it. I think I loved it because of her. Um, but, I hate, but I hated it. I, you know, so many great teachers. Um, looking back now, I am like a like history buff. Like, love it. And so, I wish – I mean, and Coach Dudley was my, one of my history teachers. Um, but again, it was just, I categorized everything in schools. Like, all right, this is just, I just have to get through this and then I'll be able to get to practice or, you know, whatnot. Just so ridiculous and embarrassing. But I, I would say now, if you ask me, it's history for sure. But back in school, um, somehow I, I can tell you it's Spanish. It definitely wasn't math. Uh, definitely not lit. Um, weightlifting was fun. <laughs> so, uh but it was all good. I mean, even the even the classes that I just couldn't stand. Still looking back on it, you can't duplicate it. You just, you, as a kid, you think you know everything and you're taking everything for granted. But it, you know, you wait, you listen to me. When you're 40, and you're looking back, you're gonna realize uh, those are the best times. I wish I would have. I wish I. Uh, hopefully, you just don't take them for granted. There's no doubt about that, man. I, that's so funny. My, uh, I think I've got the uh, foreign language uh, department. Um, Full that we've got so many now. Grandia is is one of the uh, things I, I like to say to them, and they think I'm I'm 
I know what I'm doing in there, and I, uh, I, I've got them fooled. But uh, my got experience, Coach Admi's got a great relationship with them. I think here's what I know about those ladies. Shout-out to them. I'm going to give my early shout-out, Coach Admi. They always provide me with a positive uh, entrance into the school every day. So um, we got a great, great, great language department. Um, they do a phenomenal job. That's great. And I was going to ask you that favorite teacher, Coach Dudley, when I got there, actually, the building's named after him. I found these cards in the back of my room where that were actually quiz cards from his U.S. history class with his name on them. So oh, yeah. I saved those. I've got a great relationship. And I actually called him before we got on. Uh, Blaine, I was going to see if he could be a last-minute guest with us. We're going to have to do that. Oh, another. gosh. <laughs> that would have been He's, awesome. Uh, well, I, we're going to do that. That's well, Look, we're going to push that down the road. But phenomenal, phenomenal uh, coach, man. And I think I've been such – so blessed that he's been in my life and helped me so far along the way. But um, last question for this segment, Blaine, what, what was the importance of playing these multiple sports? I think you've mentioned that multiple times, um, you know, speak on that. Cause that's one of the things I think me and coach Abney um, were fortunate coach Amos is with us. I mean, our, our, all of our coaches throughout the building, whether it's lacrosse and coach spots and we're all trying to work, <clears throat> excuse me, to have our kids be able to do this. And this is harder and harder as days go on. But mm -hmm. what do you say to parents, kids uh, of these, of these, you know, wanting to play multiple sports? What's your advice? Well, I hear a lot of scouts, uh, scouts talk about things that I, I, I know. I know they definitely like multiple sport athletes. I've got an unproven theory that, um, that I, I know that a lot of people probably won't agree with whatsoever. But I, I feel like um, – I mean, and I'm pretty committed to this theory, but if, if, if you just decide to just lock into one sport, I feel like you create a ceiling for yourself. I, um, I think it's so important that you, you know, you, let's take baseball, for instance. You know, you just, you're, if you're just a machine at ground balls and, you know, you've got the perfect swing, and, but all you've done is play baseball, uh, you, there's a limit there. You know, there, there is a certain – uh, athleticism that takes to creating a season for your body to go from baseball to football or, or to basketball or to track or to it's if you just get locked into that it's muscle memory for instance if you just get locked in to one sport you're you're turning yourself into a robot once you get to the level where you've got everybody as good or better than you You've got to be able to adapt. You've got to be able to pull from these other sports, these other athletic traits that you have learned over the last couple of years to actually get better. I think so. That's my my theory is I just feel like you put you give yourself a ceiling. If you lock in and you're just going to play one sport when when you're an athlete and you can actually make yourself better, I, I, I immediately see a ceiling right there. And that's not the case for everybody. But there's something to be said for a, a multi-sport athlete that not only goes out and enjoys it, gives themselves a mental break from whatever that sport was, A, but it also just creates, it turns your body into a tool, you know, into a multi-tool. Now you've got another task and, and whether you're good, whether you're bad, it doesn't matter. Just do something different. Just, just create different movements. Um, it's going to make you a better athlete in the long run, I believe. Golly, I think Coach Abney, uh, you can agree with that, right? We we want those guys at our our school, don't we? Absolutely. I'm always looking for a six seven offensive lineman that wants to get some rebounds and give me some fouls. Mm -hmm. So, hey Blaine, one of the reasons that we started this podcast was to hopefully get in the ears of our our parents and our players of 
Walton and, and kind of give them some advice from people who have been there and done that. And one of the reasons we wanted to have you on here is to kind of give our current high school student athletes, as well as our parents, just uh, some advice because you have been there, you have done that from a high school standpoint and then the pros. So if you could give a piece of advice, both to a student athlete now at Walton that has dreams of playing at the next level, playing professionally, and then a parent who wants those aspirations for their child as well, what would you kind of give that both to the student athlete and the parent? Again, I'm going to rub some people the wrong way, but parents, go sit in the truck. It's just a um, let your kid be an athlete. Let your kid play. Uh, just enjoy this time to watch them. Um, don't get in the way. I, I, I just see it time and time again. And not to call out every dad in the world, because I know I'm, I've got two boys and I've got a little girl, um, and I'm, I'm going to be fighting myself to want to, interjecting things for sure but I would just tell the dads especially um, just back off and enjoy your son enjoy your daughter enjoy these years because you're going to be able to think back and just in, in, enjoy being in the stands and and, and watch your your daughter watch your son play um, don't don't put that added stress the pressure that is um Alrighty, there's already enough pressure. Good Lord, there's already enough pressure on these kids' shoulders uh, from an academic standpoint, from especially if, if people are pressuring them into, you know, they need to get a scholarship here. Or, um, just looking at, you know, with social media, with, uh, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, with, you know, the parents could do such a better job at just taking that step back. So I would really uh, love to hammer home uh, for parents just to enjoy your children enjoy them where they're at and and let them enjoy this time whether they're you know tier one athlete player and, and whatever that sport is um they're gonna look back at this time and and they're gonna they're not only they're gonna they're gonna think about the time on the field and how much fun they had you know you, their your role as a parent is also going to be remembered and uh, i was very fortunate because I had two parents that were very much, I mean, loved me like crazy, but they were very hands-off. And I didn't have to deal with the stuff that I saw, you know, with a lot of different teammates here and there. So just take a step back. Enjoy your kids. Let them have fun. Awesome. That's great advice, especially with two coaches on board here. We, I don't hear much going on in the stands. My wife tends to tell me a couple things that might have been said during a, a game, but thankfully I don't hear that much. Good, great advice, though. Uh, one more fun question on this segment. What advice would you give your high school self? You know, you kind of commented and laughed a little bit about high school um, academics weren't high priority for you, I guess is the best way you explained it. Yep. You give, you, give yourself one piece of advice looking back. What would it be? Um, well, there's, there's a lot. I, I think one big one is, uh, the kid, the kid that nobody sees. I think, I think, I, I, you know, I, there, there's so many different uh, issues that, especially now, I mean, it was nothing like this when I was coming through Walton, but there's so many issues that kids are dealing with. And, and I, so my heart goes out to, you know, what are the, what are the kids that I overlooked? What are, what are some of the, the people that I just didn't see that needed, that needed a friend? I think that would be, the one thing you're walking down, you're walking through those halls of Walton right now. 
there is no telling what just went on uh, the night before in, in whomever's house. Um, so love everybody. That would be, that would be the one thing that I just didn't do. I didn't do well. You know, I had my, I had, I had a lot of friends. I had my friends and those were my guys and we all hung out and loved each other. And, and it was great. Um, but what about, what about the others? And, and so that, that would be the one thing I would tell myself. Uh, another thing I would tell myself, which is kind of, uh, a little bit against the grain, I guess, but take myself more serious. Um, I would, I would do that as well too. Um, but again, I, I think the fact that I didn't take myself so serious was, was why I was a, a halfway decent athlete. Um, but really look for those, look for those who are in need of something. There's, there's always somebody right next to you who needs a hug, who needs a pick me up, just a simple ask. Hey man, how you doing? Are you good? Um, you know, one of those, you never know how you can change the trajectory of somebody's life and just with just simple words. So that, that would be, that would be something that I would tell my, my selfish younger self. Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. We coach, I mean, we, we had a good presentation, Coach Abney. I think we both sat in on this and I mean, here, here's what, you know, I hope everybody hears from that is like, just don't overlook those folks in the, in the lunchroom. Don't overlook, um, the people that do things around that building, sometimes maybe they're employees, maybe they're cleaning that lunchroom, maybe they're um, the students sitting in your building that you just don't ever, don't ever hear from. And golly, man, I just, I can't second that enough, uh, what Blaine's saying. So uh, I really do appreciate that, Blaine, and um, that that's phenomenal. Taking yourself seriously, I'm going to tell us, you know, go to somebody who does take themselves seriously. And, and, and man, I wish I would have known what I wanted to do with my life at this point in time. Uh, uh, kind of like Evan Crowell has with this sports media club. But, um, Evan, thanks so much for being with us tonight. I know you've got a few questions. Uh, I'm going to let you take it from here and uh, lead us into this next segment. Thank you, Coach Bruner. And before I ask any questions, I just wanted to give a shout-out to you for breaking your streak and executing a flawless intro to the podcast. Um, and I actually kind of wanted to go off script here and add one more question because I thought it was really cool. Um, what Mr. Boyer is doing in the – Kansas City Royals organization. He was talking a lot about it a little before the show. After a playing career, a lot of times people go into scouting or they go in to be a general manager or focus more on the game stuff. But what he's doing is he's in like a leadership committee and he helps people transition to the MLB. He helps them uh, with their everyday lives, becoming a pro. And I think that's a really, really cool. And a lot of times in today's game, uh, in any sport, the MLB, the NBA, the NFL, you'll see a young kid that's 19 or 20 years old and you call them immature because they did something. And then all of a sudden, seven years later, they're a grown up and you don't under, it kind of, you don't really understand what went into that. That didn't, that didn't just happen overnight. A lot went into that. A lot of people pressure them. Um, and I wanted to ask him, what's that process like for you? Why do you get so much joy out of seeing uh, this 18 year old kid come in your organization and become a man? Well, because I, I you know, Evan, I think the biggest thing is because I, I saw myself in, in all these kids. And, you know, I was very, very, very fortunate. God, uh, he put mighty men in my life throughout my career. Um, and if I did not have that, there's no telling which route I would have gone. Um, and so, uh, you know, I see, uh, I see just a ton of kids who just, who just, need, some, just need some love, need some guidance. And... Um, what an unbelievable opportunity that is to be able to do what I do uh, with Kansas City. So it is, and what we work on a lot 
uh, is identity is, is what's your identity. You know, if, if you see your, if your identity is a ball player, you got some issues, bro. Cause you're going to be a non-ball player a lot longer than you are a ball player. And what's going to happen when your world collapses, then where's your identity? And so uh, these are all very, very important questions that I had to ask myself at, at one point. I wish I asked them earlier, um, but it changed my life. It, it changed who I was, and I, and I felt like God was able to uh, usher me into manhood through this question. So um, I'm fortunate and honored to be able to do that with, with the Royals. Nice. Um... So for a lot of minor league players, unfortunately, they never reach the majors. Um, and for mo the average baseball player, I looked it up, it takes 7.3 years to make it to the major leagues. You made it in a little over five seasons. You had a 2.51 ERA in your rookie year in the Class A classification. You posted a bunch of wins, got a lot of strikeouts. What led you to be so successful in the minor leagues to get to the majors so fast? Oh, I mean, man, that those five years, it might as well have been 50. It seemed, it seemed like an eternity. Um, it, you know, again, I, I kind of said I had a leg up because I, I hadn't created any bad habits. Um, so, you know, they were able to take me as a pitcher, uh, as a, a guy who really didn't know what he was doing and just immediately create, you know, good habits. And so, I, you know, I, but I wouldn't say my – my uh, leap to the big leagues was like crazy fast or anything. I, I would say it was about, it was about, or it seemed about average. Um, so yeah, and you know, they immediately threw me into a starting role, you know, in the minor league. So I had to, I got to throw over, you know, multiple innings and uh, really just learn. So I, I would attribute it to the fact that I didn't have too many bad habits. My arm had miles left on it. And um, I had really, 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 really good pitching coaches who cared. You made your major league debut in 2005, and you last pitched in 2018 just for major league alone, not even counting the minors. So across that 13-year period, the game of baseball has changed so much. Like, mm -hmm. it's insane. Um, how did you adapt to the game changing? Um, what did some things that you did to preserve longevity so that you could last that long? Yeah. Um... That's interesting. You know, I, I, if I could, if I could lay it out on a blueprint, I don't know that I'd actually be able to. Um, I definitely had to adapt. You know, the game, the game itself is, uh, you won't last, you know, ten minutes if uh, you can't adapt. So, um, I turned into a. I was a strikeout pitcher in the beginning, and um, I was all about. A, I had a big curveball, and then I had a, a pretty, pretty lively fastball, and I just pitched. I pitched off those two pitches, but then I had surgery uh in 06 and I all of a sudden could not get my shoulder up anymore so curveball was gone still had a good fastball though um and so but I ended up throwing a sinker so and then I had you know I had movement going in that direction then you know the sinker wasn't working very well so then I had to develop a cutter um and then I had to develop a variation of a cutter a slower cutter and so it's just like I was constantly doing something different um, that was evolving uh, my craft, and I took I, I took a lot of pride in the fact that I uh, am a completely different pitcher. My last year in eighteen or no seventeen seventeen or eighteen than it was in uh, 05. So it's just, but it's what you have to do, and it's as a player, as a pitcher especially, you know that going into it. Scouting reports are unbelievable. They know it by the time you've thrown three games in the big leagues, 
not only do they probably have your tips, so they already know what you're throwing before you're throwing it. They know exactly how everything's moving. They know where the ball's coming out of. They know exactly what you're going to see. If you're a lefty that does this, they know exactly the pitches I'm throwing. So I'm constantly having to, to change uh, what I do, really, even every day. Um, so it's all about adapting. It's all about evolving. And, and I like the word uh, changing your craft up. So that's what we do. All right. And then this last one, one of the cooler things about pitching is that it's not just balls and strikes. It's the emotion that goes into it. There's a huge atmosphere. Every single play starts and finishes with you. Can you describe the emotion that goes into pitching and how that influences the trajectory of the game? Um, yeah, you know, it's, 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 inter it's different. You know, it, it would be one thing if you would ask me as I'm in the bullpen getting ready to go into uh, eighth inning ball game in Fenway and it's one run game uh, as I'm running in. If you ask me that question, I could probably give you a whole boatload of different emotions and and tell you what it feels like. Uh, but then once I hit the mound, it truly is like I, I go, I go, I don't know what world I go to. I, I, you know, I look at the guy like I'm ready to, I'm ready. I'm in, you wouldn't be able to tell outside, but like inside, like I'm just ready to fight. I'm ready to go. I don't care what happens. Um, I'm, it's me against this guy and I'm winning. And I had, you know, especially later on in my career, like I, I didn't have great stuff, but I, I made myself believe that I did. Um, and so it, it's, you know, when you get, when you were an old veteran type like me, it was just a, uh, I don't know if you've ever, there was a, there was a Kevin Costner movie. Um, I forgot what it was called, but he had this little thing where he called clear the mechanism which was the most ridiculous thing in the world. Looking back at that, it's the dumbest thing ever. It's like all of a sudden he just shuts things off. That's not at all how it is. But really, you just kind of go numb. And it's almost like you black out. And so you just you black out once you hit the rubber. And then next thing you know, the inning's over. And then you walk in. So that's the best way to describe it. Awesome. That's, uh, that's unbelievable. I, I love that movie. And uh, I tried that with my golf game. It didn't work out. Yeah. I need to get Coach Abney out here. He's also our golf coach, Blaine, by the way. So, uh, hey, I got a great book, The Seven. What is it? Seven Days at oh. – Coach, have you seen – have you heard this book or have you read the book? No. I, 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 what, what is Utopia. it, Coach Abney? Seven Days in Utopia. Hey, that is such a – it's a golf book, but that is like – you might as well have written that for pitchers as well. It is uh, um, perfect for pitchers. Uh, I'm all about a good read. Coach Abney, we're going to add a new segment. We're going to add this in next week. We're going to have reads of the week, and we're going to have to bring that in from our guests. I love it. So, Hey, and if you really want to change the landscape of all sports at Walton, you'll read Legacy by the All Blacks. Change it. everything. Oh, Legacy. I, I mean, it'll, it'll, rock, it'll rock your world. Oh, it's unbelievable. Blaine, the Utopia has a movie now. You seen the movie? I haven't seen it, but I, well, one of my favorite actors is in it, Robert Duvall. I haven't seen it, but I feel like it would mess the book up. Every time I read a book and then watch a movie, it always messes it up. Have you seen it? It's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's, got, uh, it's similar to the book. It's got a little bit more of the faith base to it on the movie. Nice. Cool. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's worth it. All right. I think it'll mess you up. All right. I love it. Talk about books that influenced me. Season of Life is a great book that really influenced me. And I think, you know, what, what makes – I think you so impressive is not just your baseball career. It's, it's who you are as a man. Uh, I think it's what you've done beyond baseball. 
Um, you know, your baseball career took you all over the country, all over the world. Uh, I think I, I'd want to know a little bit about your experience in Japan, but that's for another day. Uh, I think your experiences in, in Asia and other parts of Asia have more interest and I think more uh, intrigue from our crowd. So, um, you know, I, I don't know how much you want to get into it, but I just wanted to kind of get your uh, kind of experiences with fighting human trafficking. I don't know how much of the Walton community knows, um, you know, what you've done beyond the game of baseball. And uh, I think that's the reality of it is who you are as a man is way more important than who you are as a, as a player. And um, just hope that resonates with our kids. So just if you, if you could fill us in a little bit about that. Yeah, well, you know, again, I, I, I mentioned earlier, I had unbelievable men put in my path. And, um, and I, I think that was by design. You know, I, I, we go back to identity as well, too. It's, you know, what, what's, when it's all said and done and, and Blaine Boyer's gone here, what kind of a dent am I going to leave? Um, you know, I, I want to leave a dent. I don't want to leave a dent for, for Blaine. I want to leave a dent for the kingdom. My faith plays a huge role in everything I do. Um, I got two. Well, I have three now. Um, we, I've got a baby girl who's – she's almost two, but I've got two psycho boys who are uh, nine and eight. And, you know, they're watching their daddy walk through this world. And so um, that's, that's a heavy weight. And, and I, I want to be able to represent the kingdom for them. Um, when it comes to trafficking, man, we're all in need of rescue. I fully believe um, that, you know, we are, we, are, we are chained because of sin. And I believe that Jesus came on a rescue mission. And I believe that he, he broke those chains, or those chains and allowed us to have um, love life eternal. And I feel like there is no different, especially from a man's perspective, on what's going on here in the world and, and, and what's going on in our backyard. It's not just in Southeast Asia or in South America or um, in some, in some third world country, this is going on in our backyard and there's somebody that needs, uh, there's somebody that needs rescuing. And so from a, from a man's perspective, um, we should be asking ourselves, you know, why not us? Why not me? Um, especially the church. Um, you understand grace, understand mercy and, uh, who we are has, has been rescued. So why aren't we searching for those? So I just feel like it's a, uh, you know, not to get into too many details, but it's, uh, there's a fight out there and we can all get into it. And I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, five, uh, six years ago, um, my, my best friends, uh, Adam LaRoche and I, you know, found ourselves on a, on a mission and, <laughs> um, and just a crazy spot with, uh, with some, some wild stuff going on. And, you know, we, uh, the plane back, the plane ride back, from uh from thailand was uh was it was almost like we were just we were numb you know we were leaving we were leaving a bunch of these kids that we had saw we we knew what was going on and um and we had to leave we had to leave some there and and it was really 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 hard you know it, it was so we you know asking ourselves all right god you know you've thrown this in our lap now what what do you want us to do so it's a fight that um but we've continued and um and that, that we continue today and we've got stuff all around us that we're we're trying to trying to disrupt and get in the middle of and um you know i challenge anybody that wants in shoot man get in touch with me let's go um there's a lot of really really good organizations out there that that need help that want help and um and you can make a you can make a difference awesome 
Thanks for sharing a little bit about that. Uh, it's a little bit humbling when you've been talking about sports and Walton things and East Cobb for the past seven weeks, and, and then you begin to talk about things that really matter. You know, in the end, sports don't matter. In the end, how many wins you had in the MLB or how many what your ERA was doesn't really matter. How many wins Coach Bruner has as a football coach and I have as a basketball coach or how many articles Evan produces, it really doesn't matter. So thank you for kind of sharing what's most important to you, your faith, and then yep. kind of live your faith out in action. So that's You know, I, I would like to add, though, you know, you're, you're right. Like in the, in the scheme of things, they, they don't matter. Uh, but, but your platform that you've been given – whether you're, uh, I mean, good night. I don't know of a more impactful position as a coach in high school. I, I really don't. I mean, I've, I've got, you talk Coach Dudley. I, I can go through a laundry list of coaches that have just impacted my life for the better. Evan, I mean, shoot, when you roll out of high school and whatever college you decide to go to, whoever you decide, all of a sudden the power of the pen and paper, man, is unbelievable. That's a platform that you're going to have that's completely unique to you. And it's going to be your decision to how you're going to use it. So I think it's all our decisions, whether you're a stockbroker, whether you, you know, you're a doctor or, or a janitor or a, you know, a chef. It doesn't matter what you are. We all have a platform. And so it's how are we going to use that platform? And then you start talking about identity. Where does your identity lay? It's not what you do. Um, it's who you represent, you know? And so um, I, I, I love these conversations and, um, and I need these conversations. I, I really do. I, I constantly have to have these conversations. I'm so thankful I got guys around me who are constantly keeping me grounded and constantly having these types of conversations uh, with me. And we're not just talking about uh, the stuff in the East Cobb bubble, you know, the, the, the bubble that we all live in. <laughs> that East Cobb bubble, those things that just really don't mean anything. Um, having those good, honest conversations um, is huge. Awesome. Very nice. Well, we're going to actually shift gears a little bit and have a little fun. We do two segments, Blaine. One's our shout out section where everybody on the show gets to kind of shout out, give, give an opportunity to mention somebody that they'd like to thank or um, advertise for me today. Our Student Government Association has kind of uh, been hit a little bit. They normally have their um, elections and their runoffs, and they show some pretty good videos on our morning announcements. So the, the SGA representative, uh, Coach Dun Duncan, had asked me to kind of advertise that for our student listeners out there. You know, we, we didn't have the opportunity to uh, produce those videos or vote, so... Uh, she's looking to make sure that everybody has the avenue that they need to potentially get involved with SGA. So if you are looking for an opportunity to get involved in our school, uh, SGA does a ton of things uh, in terms of leadership for school functions, community service. You know, it's a great resume builder in addition to just getting involved with all sorts of opportunities within the school. Um, so just a shout out to that Student Government Association. If you do uh, have interest in that, she wanted me to let you know that you can find all that information on our website under students. And that stuff will be online May 15th. I think they're going to kind of do a virtual uh, election to hopefully get our 
officers ready and our, our government ready for next year so that we'll be uh, ready to go for that. Evan, do you know anything more about that? Are you involved in student government? Um, no, I don't know anything more about that, but I know it's awesome and everyone should join if you can. <clears throat> All right, so if you have any questions, you can email Karen Duncan. She's a science teacher at our school, but also she said the information will be posted online under students on our website by May 15th. If not, you can email Coach Bruner and I and we'll make sure you get in touch with the right folks because we definitely want everybody to find their role, their niche at our school and student government might be something even if you are a sports person. We, a couple of years ago, I had uh, one of my seniors who was the student class president, Peter Netos, and he did an awesome job of, of fulfilling the role of being a, a leader within our school, but also a leader on the sports and basketball floor. So uh, shout out to those guys. Evan, anybody you want to shout out to tonight? Yes, I have a couple people, and I can't believe I forgot them because they're so vitally important to what I did. First is Dr. Chris Williams, the athletic director at Walton. He does so much for every single sport. Um, he helped connect me to everyone. Um, he helped push me, wanted, made me want to do multiple sports, made me want to do football. Um, he, he's awesome. He took me to a Braves game to interview people, interview journalists. Uh, I can't say enough about what he did. The second is Coach Bumper, the director of football operations. Um, he's the guy that uh, when Coach Bruner's in the season and he's working on game plans, when he's uh, locked away doing practices, uh, I send all my stuff to Coach Bumper. He looks over it. Um, he gives me feedback. He, even though he's not a part of the club per se, like he's not a sponsor, he's super interested. He texts me back and forth and engages me on things we can do to make it better. I checked with him after I checked with Coach Bruner about the day in Walton Sports history. He made me help me make that a little bit better. He's awesome. And then the third person is Mrs. Amy Heklinski, who's a part of the Walton Basketball um, tip-off club. Uh, she helped connect me with Coach Abney as a freshman um, to get all this started. She is part of the softball program and connected me with them, and I announced for them. I can't say enough things about Ms. Heklinski. She doesn't work for the school, and she is super involved and awesome. So that's all I have. Awesome. Thanks. Coach Bruner, shout outs this week. Yeah, I've got two. I've got two. And I, uh, I had one and, and now I've got two. So uh, I'm going to first shout out the seniors. I think we're all kind of winding this thing down, starting to get senior grades in, graduation, graduation parties, all that stuff's kind of on hold. So shout out to you guys. Hang in there. I know this is unusual, um, but this thing will make you stronger if you let it. All right. Um, and then a shout out to the mighty men. I think uh, Blaine got me thinking a little bit about all the mighty men that have led me. And uh, shout out to all those guys from, you know, my dad to all the coaches and everybody that's affected my life uh, along the way. So shout out to those guys. Awesome. Blaine, anybody back in East Cobb or anybody you want to give a shout out to old friends, parents, anything that you can think of? Well, I mean, I know the, the, the turnover has been huge at Walton. I don't even know if there, I'm sure there's a couple of teachers here and there that uh, I might've had, or they might remember me. Um, I know Amos is still there. So I love, uh, love to, you know what I do? I've got a great, it's not Walton related, but I've got a great shout out. You know, the dude, perfect guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, I, obviously my boys are absolutely obsessed with every, I've seen every video that they've ever made. 
Have you um, seen the new documentary on their uh, world tour? It's amazing. And I just, listen, I just watched that documentary yesterday with both my boys. Me too. And, and, and this is a great example of five guys. A, they took a chance, which was awesome. They, they probably, you know, probably wasn't the best decision, but it ended up being awesome. It ended up being great. But they are truly taking their talents. They're taking their platform, and they're using it. And I am watching my two boys who are completely, totally, unbelievably affected by it. And they Amen. love them, their faith, their, what they stand for, what they're all about. And I've got two, you know, crazies who I'm trying to constantly reel in. You know, they love them. I, and I, so I love the fact that they watch them every day. So a shout-out to the Dude Perfect guys. Thanks. Appreciate I love it. it. I love it. I, I got to shout those guys out, too, because that's huge in my house right now, Blaine. I, I, I stood there last night, and I couldn't stop watching the documentary. I had to it was awesome. It great. Yeah, it was great. Amazing. Amazing. So uh, the last segment we do, and it's actually my favorite, I'm, I'm going to let Coach Abney lead us off so you can kind of think, Blaine. I'm going to let you go last this evening. Um, yep. You know, so this is the final thoughts. Uh, it's kind of like deep thoughts, uh, sometimes funny, sometimes serious. And again, I, I'm just gonna have to go with with kind of your your wisdom tonight, man. I think for me, my final thoughts are just for the community, for whether you're a parent, whether you're a uh, a player, a student, find that identity. And I think we're always searching in our lives for who we are and, and what our you know mission is, or whatever that guiding light or principle is for you. But um, I know there's certain things that I identify myself as and coaches down the list, you know, and uh, for us, I think our kids can sometimes get so wrapped up in their identity as a player or as an athlete or this and that and um, find your identity and what really is important in life, man. And um, I know this, this, uh, this quarantine, this lockdown has really helped me realize some of those things and helped me um, really. I mean, we're nine weeks in and um I feel I feel like my family has grown stronger through this, and, and for me, I want that to be my identity, you know. So I, I hope that we can all search for that in in this situation we're in right now. So those are my deep thoughts. I had to, had to get that off my chest. I, I just was thinking about that as you were going through that, Blaine. So uh, I'm going to pass the mic to Coach Abney with his uh, deep thoughts. He's the one that's got the uh, typically most important words of wisdom for the week. Coach Bruner, I thought you might be setting me up there when you first said you wanted me to go first, like you had some really good quotes that you had uh, come up with over the week, but I guess not. Usually what it, it turns out to be, depending on the listener, either they um really crude and rude or don't care about serious things because Bruner always says something serious like that to make you tear up. And then I come back with three sayings that people either don't understand or don't think are funny, so... <laughs> Uh, it's kind of depending on who's listening and whether you, which one you like the most, but we'll go with it. Uh, a little bit more simple this week. Um, three sayings. Think of them how you want. Hopefully you'll, you'll kind of get the underlying message for each one of them. First one, leave your footprints, not your name. Leave your footprints, not your name. Number two, I had to think about this one for a little bit. I actually had my father-in-law who, uh, this was a quote from his grandmother who was bohemian. And he gave this one to me and he actually had to explain it to me a little bit. I had the meaning and then he had to kind of clarify it for me. But don't hang your basket higher than you can reach. Don't hang your basket higher than you can reach. 
And then the last one. Coach Abney, whoa, 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 whoa. Where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> you need some explanation on that one? You know, I'm a simple-minded man over here. I need a little bit of explanation. I mean, is that like kind of like low-hanging fruit thing there or what? Well, I'm actually, I'm not going to explain it to you because I have a feeling the real Coach Brunner might have the answer for that. If you don't have the answer, I'll get back to you next week. <laughs> I want to give our listeners an opportunity to kind of think through that one themselves. So Perfect. Ask Angela and see what she comes up with. And finally, some days you're the dog and some days you're the hydrant. Some days you're the dog and some days you're the hydrant. Is that Louis Grizzard? <laughs> I'm not sure who that was. We're not giving any uh, credits to anyone just because I don't, I don't even know where it came from. <laughs> Quotes listed, but uh, hopefully you can learn something by that serious ones or the fun ones. Blaine, any final thoughts? Again, we thank you for being with us. Well, you guys, you just threw out quotes, so I had to quickly pull up the what I deem the greatest, other than anything from a scripture standpoint or biblical. So I'm a huge fan of Teddy Roosevelt. I don't know if you guys lock into Teddy at all, but if you know about the man in the, the, man in the arena, yeah, it. whenever I hear it, I want to just go run through a wall. Like, it is it, – it, can I read it? Can I read it Absolutely. To you guys? I, would, I would love that. That would make my night. All right. The man in the arena. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how strong, how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. That is just a life flag I want to raise and run around with and just do it. I don't care what your arena is. Get in the arena and just roll. Who cares what the critic says? Make sure you've got a bloody face and make sure you mess up. I love it. Fail forward, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I tell you, man, I talk to my kids all the time. That's why I love the weight room and how important that is for, for us as athletes. We fail in there all of the time and that is life. And I think, you know, you learn so much from that. So golly, I'm fired up. I I'm, I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm going to have to go uh, hit the streets and get a little running Blaine. Thank you so much for sharing love that. It. Oh man. Thank you so much for being with us. I can't thank you enough. Um, I know Raider nation is proud of everything you've done. Uh, on the diamond, but more importantly, who you are as a man and what you do and represent uh, Walton. We're excited for you uh, moving back into the Walton district. I'm fired up. You uh, you got big plans down the road of coming back and bringing your kids over to Walton High School or what? Well, unfortunately, I'm not in the Walton district. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm at Milton. 
next to Milton. <laughs> yeah, well, I was hoping <laughs> these words of encouragement can get you back in our neck of the woods, but we're hey, you never know. You you're never close. Know. You never we're glad know. you're close, man. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, Coach Abney, any other words for us tonight? That's it, man. Again, Blaine, Evan, thanks for coming on. Uh, Blaine, you're probably not going to ever be invited back because you kind of stole my thunder. My my one shining moment with all my quotes, and you just dominate me with that one. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No, that's, that's, what Teddy, hey, that's what Teddy will do for you. Teddy Roosevelt, that's, he'll do that all the time. So That was great. I, that's, that's what we're looking for, kind of end the show with either things to think about from a, just a, a quirky standpoint or, or things like you just said, man, just, just jump in. Just, yep. Yep. Have no fear in that. So thanks for that. All right, guys, again, thanks again to Blaine. Thanks again to Evan. Hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you next time. Thanks guys. Thank you, Raider Nation.